Yo, welcome back. It's the heart of a fighter. We talk nutrition. We talk motivation. We help you get out of bed in the morning. Today, we're going to talk about getting out of your own way. I tell you about a guy I knew. He was a former athlete. And I look back on the ways we hold ourselves back. Stop holding yourself back, please. Yes, we are here, guys. We're here. We're we're definitely here. It's a heart of a fighter. I'm your coach, Johan. I hope you listeners, everyone who downloads this, hope you guys are doing great. It's a sunny ass day here in California, and there's nothing really better than the middle of May, 75 degrees for no reason at all, just because. You can look out and have crystal blue sky. It's nice. On this show, we talk about the things that get you out of bed. What's next? I love to ask that question of myself as frequently as I can remember. And it's a simple question. Two words. What's next? And the reason that I love asking myself this, and oftentimes I'll ask my trainees this, is because... Your answer is strongly tied to your motivation. Strongly tied. I don't even mean a little. What, parentheses, the fuck, close parentheses, is next? Because when you can answer this question and not answer it, you know, off the cuff take a little second to think about it, you'll find your answer is tied directly into the reason you got out of bed today, right? If not, go back to bed. Oh, you got to work today? No, you don't. You want to. You got to. You're getting paid. You want to flirt with, well, I don't know if there's flirting in the office anymore, but I haven't been in an office in ever, so I don't know. There's a reason why you want to go to work. You have a deadline. You don't fucking have to be there. In fact, a lot of people I train, they work remotely. Which, if I was in college still, right? Let's say this is still uh, 2018, but I'm in college, so I'm 20. And someone offered me the... Painted this picture for me that I could wake up, I could eat my breakfast, and I could sit upright in my bed with my legs stretched out with a laptop burning my crotch and my upper thighs and I could work and get paid maybe not the same as someone who's salaried in the office but I could my costs are lower with no transport I can get paid to do all my work in the next eight hours from my bed I can go on a jog I could go on a hill run I could do a jump rope routine because I have free time to think about my workouts. If I have kids, I can just have them running around the house for a little bit and still get work done. I would take that shit and I would run. Be like, are you serious? Because I feel like a good part of my childhood was in 
in terms of being in school was spent figuring out how to do the most amount of work while sitting upright in bed. And and now adults are doing this very commonly. It's amazing, all you remote workers out there, which, by the way, if you're remote, you better, I really hope you guys are tuning in and, and, and listening to the to the show, the Heart of a Fighter show with me, your coach, because you guys got it made. Now, I've heard the pluses and the minuses. I've heard one um, trainee tell me that people expect them to do a lot more because they have freedom, because they're able to, uh, because they have, I guess, a breath of creativity in, in their work, and so they're expected to produce more than if they're at the office, which makes no sense, and that people kind of look at them as lazy. I've heard that side of it. I've heard other sides where people are happy to work remotely, where they feel like uh, it's it's a huge perk simply because of the freedom, right? I, I honestly don't know who's telling the truth because looking at it as an ignorant outsider, working remotely, I would get nothing done at all. I'd be podcasting I'd be working out for three hours a day maybe I would work later into the night but that would mess with my I I wouldn't be able to I wouldn't be able to I don't think I would be able to work in a job that is requires structure and planning as most do in IT that have strong deadlines coordination with teams be given this breadth of creativity and then use it non-creatively. So I don't understand how people manage that. And and honestly, I think managing remote tasks at a job is is a skill and it's becoming a skill. And so these these um big tech companies, the Amazons, the you know, you know whoever these guys are probably looking for people with aptitude in remote remote working because of it, you know? And then on the other side, do you really work harder when you're at home? You know, I don't I, I don't know. I wouldn't even guess that you that you would. Is more on the line? Is more expected of you? So you have a higher standard of I, I don't know. I don't know at all. But I've heard both sides of this uh, creative argument. This, of course, is a new paradigm of work, of learning. And there's there's people welcome it, and they should. There's only one option when technology is rolling fast towards you, and that's to embrace it or to kind of embrace it. And when I say kind of, I mean make it a tool, Right? Turn it into a, a, an instrument instead of a lifestyle or maybe somewhere in the middle. But completely ignoring it is pretty foolhardy. I said this before. You old heads out there, much respect, but we end up looking like complete troglodytes complete amoebas when we act like technology doesn't exist as much as i dislike facebook i don't ignore its existence because it's it's real 
and a lot of what technology has brought to our attention is that the things that we didn't expect it's made it's made accessory reality a real part of our reality and without going into a whole you know discussion about fake news and real news and that you know that's just stretching our collective ability to decipher media anyways to critically think guys you should be doing that always it has nothing to do with 4G 4G LTE and 5G you should always have been critically thinking about the things you consume be they mechanical like you buy a new um I was going to say calculator, but no one needs those anymore. But if you go out and you buy yourself a stereo system, you should be asking the question, what's it worth to me? Is the price, is the value proposition there? What's the the shelf life of something like this? Critical thinking in the same vein as you consume this show or any news source. And that has nothing to do with technology. I'll really... These, these these technologies have done is accelerate the process. But on par, we are not smart enough to keep up with technology, but we're, we're more than capable of critically thinking, which technology will never, never be able to keep up with in a similar vein. Emotional responses, the openness to spontaneity, the desire to be happy, those are partly critical thinking processes. And technology can't keep up with that. That's real. And so it's better for us to to stick with what we what what makes us happy and human, you know, than 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 binary codes that are really pretty and fun. Fun to thumb through. So uh, I guess I'm conflicted about remote working. I just know that uh, more power to you. And yeah, if you are remote right now, shout out. Go back to work fast before your boss finds out. Right? Maybe not. Anyhow. I know one thing that people who do remotely work have a little bit. They have to stay out of their own way. They have to resist in some capacity the urge to to screw off their their work for the day there's no one watching you have no supervisor right there breathing down your neck and so you guys have to stay self-motivated but one of the most unifying characteristics of every trainee i've ever coached and i mean ever regardless of their starting aptitude and their their finishing results regardless of their starting fitness we're starting of how Regardless of how smart they are or how educated they are, I should say, rather, everyone who comes in, comes in doubting themselves. And that's real. And when I go to my coaches, and if I'm ready to compete, or if I'm getting back into the mode of training, I doubt myself too. I want to learn. And by opening ourselves up to learning, we become open to the future and since no one can predict the future we have the the ego has the ability to construe the future as negative 
And that, again, is just human. It's human nature to take the unknown and to plot out every possible negative situation. I remember, for me personally, a couple years ago, I just started working at as the head strength coach at a gym, at a kickboxing gym. And it, I had a... I was... This is a stage of my life where I everything I wanted to put into action for my business, I didn't think twice about. I just did. And so I was constantly pushing on this gas pedal, and that propelled me forward into action. Which, guys, notice when you're constantly doing things instead of waiting on things, you're happier. It's a simple equation. The more momentum carries you toward action and you're able to kind of idle or cruise in this mode of action, the happier you are. Right? I digress. At this point, I remember a one of the veterans there, another old head, he was there. And this dude was kind of a... Uh, He's kind of a what you would call beast. And he was a member of this gym. This gym had been around for has been around for well over at this point probably twelve or thirteen. Uh, maybe about eleven years. Twelve or eleven. And he was there from the beginning. And this guy was I don't know what his background was, but he was mean mugging all the time. All the time. All the fucking time. To where even the people who knew him best would tell him to smile. Because he was out here mugging. And full tats, head to toe. He's a short dude, worked out real hard. And I knew as a new guy coming in, not only not only as a member, but as a coach, that I was going to be chin-checked a little bit by guys like this. And I should be. I would do the same. I'm protecting the integrity not only of the brand, but of my friends. And I don't want insiders negatively impacting the space. I don't want you to bring your drama. And so, to me, that's loyalty. And I can respect loyalty. This particular guy, Matt, he was a... Um, uh, he. I remember I walked in, and this week, I'm training for a fight. I am taking a test at the gym because for me I have to prove myself so oop, there's a test coming up better take it on low low sleep low uh, low motivation my body feels okay alright let's go so here I am taking this notoriously hard test training for a fight which is oh, two weeks later in the middle of camp I mean, I'm sparring a lot in training. And I'm managing my trainees, moving them into this gym from my old space. So I'm juggling these three things. Now, everyone juggles shit, but these were, this wasn't just juggling. This was like juggling katanas for me. So I, I could juggle. Hey, it's easy. Can you juggle three hand grenades? At the same time, a little more dangerous. So it wasn't a lot, but the workload was heavy. 
And I remember he goes, hey, so you doing the test? And I, yeah, I'm going to just fucking do it. But, man, it's been Murphy's Law. And he looks at me and he goes, Murphy's Law? This is what he says in a in a calm, calming, calming tone that completely betrayed this guy's reputation, his character, hell, his tattoos. He goes, Murphy's Law actually has nothing to do with everything going wrong at once. Murphy's Law is actually just an explanation that says everything that can happen will happen. People put the bad in there. People put the wrong in there. Murphy's Law has nothing to do with what's wrong. And so you should actually just take the experience as it comes. And he said it gently, calmly, and I just looked at him and I went, I had no idea. All right. You know what? I think I can try a little harder. Like, yeah, man, you'll be all right. And that's it. Apparently, the true nature of Murphy's Law is everything that can happen will happen. I don't know how true this is. Maybe he has a military background. That would explain a lot. But when he told me that, in that instant, I thought, that I can handle. Everything going wrong, I can handle that too. But that's a big difference. Getting out of our own way, you guys. When we put a little English on our situation, oftentimes, because we're guessing the English, it ain't going to lead to that to that eight ball in the pocket, guys. Oftentimes, that little English that we spin on a situation, that coloring, that negativity, that air of negativity about our future, that is all the motivation we need to fuck it all up. Right? That's all the sabotaging we can do is to put that little spin on an otherwise inconsequential or infinitely positive situation. I'll give you an example. Someone gives you a job. In this job, they offer to um, they offer you a lot of growth, right? In the job offer, you haggle, you argue, negotiate. I think they call it in the corporate world prices and your salary. You argue bonuses, and instead of jumping at the opportunity, you figure out. Wait a minute, I still owe my car payments, and now I'm moving into a house. And while this new job will give me the opportunity to get out of that, it's not enough money. Pass. And maybe passing is the move. But in that circumstance, a lot of people, a lot of people take the opportunities that are given and they play out what oftentimes is the one pathway to negativity. And that becomes the only pathway. Guess what? In our infinite power, in the power imbibed in the universe, when you play out something in your mind, in your heart, it tends to play out in that direction. I've met a lot of former really good athletes. High school, 
community college, maybe they went to D2s or whatever, who by the time they're reaching their mid to uh, eh, maybe mid-20s, they're, uh, they're Marcus Dupree on, on ESPN's 30 for 30 where they talk about the best that never was, where they're that guy. Outside of my own experiences, I've met a few of that guy where who knows what could have happened, where I was so good, that Al Bundy syndrome, that four touchdowns in one game syndrome. And it leads me back to the same point. You got to get the fuck out of your own way a lot of times. And one of the ways you can get out of your own way is by just not even spinning any narrative at all. Spinning narratives gives us expectations. Expectations are not real. Results are. Expectations are our ego's answer to negotiating the unknown. And when we start negotiating, it's funny, right? There's a million possibilities for the job promotion Maybe you were asked to be a speaker at a convention and you're scared shitless because it's a lot of pressure. You're going to have a lot more attendees. There's all of these. Oh, you can get into a, uh, you can have, you can have a nervous jitters before you get on stage. You could forget to eat that morning. You could forget your speech in the middle of it. You forget the name of the most important motherfucker in the room. There's a million things that could go wrong, but there's only one, if you want to project, path of positivity. And what's that? You go up, you talk confidently, you do your job, everyone claps. You do that 10 times, you get paid, you go home, you get laid or something. One path. It's the same for everyone change the situation you wake up you eat a good meal you get to work on time you get to work late no one notices or gives a shit you make a new deal you talk to the CFO of another company they agree with you you negotiate prices you work out you get laid oh and you get 8 hours of sleep one pathway And the result's the same. You feel great at the end. But when we start spinning our own negative narratives, it's the car, it's the food, it's the back pain, it's my boss, my coworker, the who the fuck ever. They suck. And what's funny is we will take one of those negative narratives and make them true rather than sticking with the one pathway of positivity and making that true all too often get out of your way get out of your own way I met a kid he seemed like a kid he was probably my size and my height and almost the same age and this guy's uh, his name was Marty and Marty was a former ball player basketball and apparently he got some scholarship love and 
he was um, he could have played here and was a baller, ball out of control when he was in high school. You know, if you know people that play hoops in high school and college, God dog, they love basketball more than you love your your favorite porn site, maybe your favorite cheat cheat meal if you still do that. If you, more than you love waxing your car at five thirty PM on a Saturday. Basketball players are always wearing basketball shorts. Basketball sh- high tops. I don't even know what they call them these days. High tops all the time. You basketball players. You hoops lovers. Always. And and it's like a lifestyle. It's in this it's funny because fighting's a lifestyle too. But you know, I don't walk around with hand wraps. Ballers walk around in high tops and like ankle socks all day and they'll be dribbling a tennis ball throughout the day. It's amazing. And this guy was no different, you know? And he wanted to box. He wanted to box. He had I think eight different ethnicities in his gene pool, but he wanted to carry on the tradition of at least one of them. His Latin background and was evoking the name of uh, an Amir Khan and and a, uh, other guys and wanted to box. So I decided, hey, I'll take this guy and let's teach him the box. So we started boxing. We started. We sparred a little bit. I started holding mitts for him. He wanted to do everything under the sun. Wanted to start running more. He wanted to sprint. He was texting me every day. Gigantic paragraphs of goals he wanted to do. And he was doing push-ups. Always with the fucking pull-ups. This guy only did pull-ups. He, I gave him a speed bag that he could put up somewhere at his house. And whenever... The threshold came, right? Whenever that part where either shit or get off the pot came, that moment where we're called to answer, the the calling of ourselves, of a challenge, that, that, that point of no return, I remember I was more disappointed than I thought I'd be when he would constantly just quit. He would disappear. And I know he had some other things going on, you know, but he would constantly quit. And it made me think, what provokes someone to give up on their physical goals when they have so much ability, so much talent, and so much, not so much work ethic, but so much want? Which leads me to number two. You have to work hard no matter how talented you are. And if you don't have the ability to work hard and tie that into your sense of self, making it far with your fitness, with your athleticism, ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. You want to be in a space where you have confidence. And building confidence can come to people who aren't talented boxers, talented volleyball players, by hard work and perseverance. 
And that shit alone isn't easy, guys, to build. But it is a skill you can build. You have to be the man or woman that does hard work and enjoys hard work. Not the pain, not the pain leaving the body. Fuck all that. You have to enjoy hard work. You have to garnish some kind of reward from simply working, outworking your previous self. Your yesterday you. That 1% or 10% better, it's really 1%. You have to enjoy that incremental progress. And you have to embrace it. This guy would he would he would vanish for a month, maybe two months um, from the gym and he'd text and say, we need to go run or this and that. And then I would hear from him months later, same story. He'd be back ready to go. He would be, he'd go to another gym and spar and, hey, I want to try this. And by, for some reason, this hasn't always been the case with me. I gave up on him. I never give up on people, but I gave up on him pretty fast. Something about the story of him being a good basketball player and having the chance to go pro told me this guy's in his own fucking way and he ain't ready to hear it. He ain't ready to hear it. This particular guy thought he was good at everything. And so he wasn't ready to hear it. He was strong too. And yeah, he could do 20, 30 pull-ups in a row. I saw him do 27 in a row. Amazing. Long, probably would have made a good fighter. Well, the toughness maybe wasn't there. But the point is, guys, the point is, if you don't believe in yourself that hard work is valuable, you won't get it done. Step out of your own way. Find a reason to wake up in the morning. Hard work gets easier when you find a reason to do it. One of the things when I go through or I'm training for a competition, I always remember that I love the shit that I'm doing. I look at the workload that I have in front of me and I say, I don't want to, I don't want to run. I don't want to drill. I definitely don't want to do it four days in a row. I'm sore head to toe. I'm, I love it. I, I love, I love doing, I love the fight game. I love kickboxing. I love teaching. I love coaching. And this is how I love it, right? This gets me to the point where I can love it. I'm aware that a lot of this sounds esoteric. It sounds ethereal. But the good news is, a lot of your motivations just are, guys. A lot of it is. There's a lot of uh, motivators out there who will tell you to wake up earlier and, yeah, these things are true, to accept every shitty thing that happens to you and just say good. Very true. But what these strong men are alluding to is that a lot of your motivation, your get up and go, it ain't shit you can touch. It comes from inside. It's about how much grit, 
how much grit you have and also how to use how to use that grit how to use that rub for your benefit when we don't we tend to get to be our own worst enemy right we tend to be the progenitors of our own defeat all the time all the time right so how do we get to the grit how do we use this reservoir of of heart of a, of a work ethic what if we're not born with a work ethic believe it or not it's about staying happy right the happier you are is the more you're of service to someone else and it doesn't have to be a thousand people but the more you are of service to other people and to society doesn't have to be every single person the more happy we are it's been said time and time again the more support we have around us and provide for others is the happier we are when we're in those modes we're more productive when we're more productive we can see the bright side we can see that saccharine sweet nauseatingly optimistic doppelganger of ourselves we can embrace that role in our lives that allows us to be separate from an ego that sees hard work as negative when we get that ego that negative spin out of the way all that's left is getting the promotion getting that 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 personal loan helping out and being there for our family members when they need us all that's left are those situations those situations that exist without our negative input and guess what we are probably all of us in a completely non-nihilistic way we all want to do better right I always think about Ray Lewis, the uh, ex-linebacker there, and he said a lot of dumb shit recently, but one of the things I do remember that he always said was when he had that show, and he was a coach, he was helping these, these parents who were, they were mostly dads who were coaches on their team, they were helicopter parents, and he was teaching them how to be better coaches, and these guys were screaming at their kids and calling them losers, and just being the shittiest coach ever coaches ever and he, he says to one of the guys nobody shows up to the party to be rebuked i believe that was his choice of words but it makes sense no one shows up to be a dick no one goes to the party and says i'm going to be the one with vomit all over my button up by the end of the night I'm going to burn seven cigarette holes in my pants and look like a complete idiot by the end of the night. And inevitably, there's always that person, isn't there? No one would want that. No one would want to make other people think badly of them, and no one wants to look like a douche. So how does it happen? I guess there's a lot of reasons, and alcohol could be some of them, or maybe cocaine, I don't know. But 
No one asks to be the donkey, the jackass of the party, of the group. And it's true. When left to our own devices, we want to be the best version of ourselves. When left to our own devices, guys, we often want to be better than we were. Our problem is that we get in our own fucking way. We get in our own heads and we start creating narratives that are less than positive. And imagine all the power, all the energy that's there for us when we don't do that. So, where I, in fact, I remember another guy that came in to see me and it was a very brief meeting. It was a long meeting, but our encounter, long term, I mean, it was a one time thing, maybe a couple phone calls. This guy was an ex football player and he was looking to turn pro and he was saying, uh, he was getting love from John Harbaugh when he was coaching the Niners to come out and do the combine. And I looked at this. This guy was, you know, he was probably like 220, 230, six foot. He was a running back. And I was looking at him and thinking like, yeah, he told me what his combine numbers were. And I'm like, yeah, this is, this is good. And one of the first things he said to me was, I, was, you know, I loved it. Johan, I want you to help me out, man, because I hate my fucking job. I said, I laughed. I'm like, okay, good. It's like, that's what I tell my lady. That's what I say. I hate my job. So it gives me all the motivation in the world to do something about it. And you can't, you can't start off better with me. So he's telling me this. And so we start talking and he just, we told, we discussed what he can do to get himself into the next combine. I told him like his, for a guy, his size, what he should be benching for reps what his vertical could be better. His other numbers were pretty good, I believe, because I, you know, I looked up his short shuttle time in the combine, and I told him, uh, "Your bench is, is that's not that good." I think it was like ten, and yeah, it's more than I could do. But for a guy his size, it should be a little bit higher. And hey, those numbers—they don't lie. So I told him, you know, let's get you in here. Let's start working. I'm gonna get you in. You know, you come, you work out, you leave, but you get better. And, you know, he eventually stuck with that job that he hated. The prospect of going back through the process of the combine, too much. Too much. And in a very human, in a very human way, he faded into the reality that he spun for himself, which is, I could have made it, but I chose to stick with a job that's that I fucking hate, as he put it. He chose that. And he's, you know, he's probably like 25 now, and he'll be fine. He'll make a lot of money. He'll probably end up coaching ex-football players in the same vein where he doesn't have to worry about their about himself doing it. He can coach others to be better, and that's a good thing. That's never a bad thing, right? He'll make, maybe start his own company. I mean, the sky's the limit, of course, for young brothers like that. But it was a missed opportunity. And in my line of work, I see a lot of it. So I don't want to see a lot of it anymore. (laughs) It's human nature. But guys, remember, the day you decide that things need to change is the day they need to change. And that's that. There's no calculus. There's no confirmation. 
there's only looking for the signs that that's true, right? It's like the alchemist. He got he made it across the Sahara Desert by looking for signs. Well, in our own lives, these signs, they're not an eagle flying across the sky. That shouldn't be where you're at. It isn't a broken piece of glass. Guys, it's I hate my job. It's statements. It's let's let's it's it could be anything it could be anything it could be a recent car accident it could be a family member that gets injured these signals that things can shift are to not be taken lightly they're very real and whether or not you believe in the force of the universe or not you do have your own grit and power that you can always believe in and don't waste it you know instead take advantage of those signals and change remember notice that when you're taking action in your life when you're demanding not in a impersonal aggressive way but when you're demanding of yourself better when you're demanding or asking for change, for abundance, for a share of the pie, notice that you're happier. Notice that you're feeling better and you're kind of feeling your way through life because that is actually more natural for us. The narratives, the negative English that we spin on everything is actually way more unnatural. And that's what kind of we get caught up in all the time. Don't worry. I've seen a lot of people do it. It ain't just you. Everybody does it. But that very human part of us is not really a necessary thing. It's kind of something that we use um, to defend ourselves or to keep us in a, in a mode where we're reacting rather than acting. And that becomes when the situation is bad, when we're not getting paid enough, when our work isn't being appreciated, those negative negative spins or those negative kind of momenta, momentums for our lives, they often are, it's hard for us to reverse it. And so we kind of get locked down into the mode. So stop and start being active. Open the fucking throttle up and go. Lastly, step out of your own way. All right, guys, we're going to, Rap. Um, I will see you guys. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys later this week. I got a couple other shows coming up for you. Definitely, um, I'm going to do a shorter 10-minute motivation for you guys on a number of topics. We're going to do fitness topics. I'm going to do a. I'm going to have a background track playing while I describe something in fitness that I get a lot of questions about. Like, for example, uh, what's uh, better to do, cardio before or after your lift? So I'm going to break that down in eight minutes, ten minutes of just rapid fire <laughs> for me. Rapid fire analysis and advice. It's going to be fun. It'll be good. And I hope to really generate some curiosity from that. And I'm also going to do uh, spend a little time doing more analysis of mainstream shit, but Email me questions. Download this fucker. Tell more people about it. 
Let me know if things change for you by emailing Johan at johanunderdogtraining.com and I'll catch you guys real soon. All right, have a good day. Cool.